and Chris. Hey, Miss Trina, do you have? Do you know? I know. I know you play the guitar and other things, and you're helping over here today. Do you know Amazing Grace on that piano? Can you play there? Is that going to put you out? Amazing Grace, can you hit that on the guitar? Okay, right there, I got you. Sing it with me. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once, your fine, was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Let's sing it one more time. It helps me before I preach. Here we go. Amazing grace, oh how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. lost, but now I'm found, was but now I see. Thank you. Let's thank the Lord for everybody serving us today, including you guys. Thank you. Here we go. Get ready. Grab on to some handles, because here we go. There'll just be a handful that'll remember a message called Mystery Babylon. I mean, you'd have to really be back in the day. This is, this is some of the way the churches preach back in the day. They'd take, they'd take things like this and just preach it. Amen? I'm still like that. I still love the Scriptures. Amen? And I love end times. I love end time preaching. The Bible says as we have this hope of Jesus' return and even these horrible things that we see being fulfilled from Scripture, it gives us hope. And it helps us remain pure. And it, it even helps us to purify ourselves and get closer to the Lord and right with God. Okay? So, I mean, uh, for two years, last two years, you're going to die! Everybody's going to die! That's what everybody's been saying. Yes or no? Am I lying? My gosh! Shut down everything! going to die! And now, you're going to get blown up! Is that what's being said? Do you hear that on the news? How many heard again this week World War III? Let me see some hands. How many heard nuclear weapons this week? <sighs> it's crazy, ain't it? The church is to have the good news, baby. We're the good news. That Jesus loves you. That you're going to die one day anyway. But you can have the Lord right now in your life. You can have Him living through you. You can have an abundant life, a full life. You can have a peaceful life. Amen. You can be better. God can help you. So that's the message of the church. So anyway, a little bit of a negative message for me today. But listen, it's end time stuff and I'm on it. So let's go with a crazy message with Uncle Gary. Here we go. Mystery Babylon. Does anybody want to take the mic and get up and do this sermon? I'm telling you, won't get too many takers today. Mystery Babylon. And guys, I'm going to try to take this subject and make it to where we can understand it. So if you've heard somebody preach way up here, that's not going to be me. We need to learn, need to try to get some understanding about what this is about. Why preach it? Well, it takes up four chapters in the book of Revelation. Did y'all hear me or not? 
takes up four chapters in the book of Revelation. There's tons of uh, prophecies in the Old Testament that talk about this. Just because you don't know it don't mean we don't need to talk about it. So let's look at it today. Mystery, Babylon, I've subtitled it. Say that with me. Spiritual, bondage, and defilement. You will never grow a church big if you talk about stuff like this. That's what they tell you. But we're talking about end times. Let's just see what, what we can say today. And I've got several pastors and scholars in the audience today, so tr- don't judge me too hard today. Got it? Here we go. Mystery Babylon. You see that part one. I'm not going to do all this again next week, but there's several things toward the end I want to say that will help us practically. So next week I'm going to finish up that part of the message. Let's go with it, Rod. Let's see what we got, buddy. Appreciate you, man. If you're here for the first time, we use this big screen. You'll see scriptures, and they're not all like this. They're not all, you know, Revelation or last days. Matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, our attention is going to turn to the cross a lot and the resurrection. Okay? So we're going to be doing that. But right now in the world we're living in, we're seeing crazy stuff go on. And I want to do a series, and I have been doing it for about 10, 12 weeks now. It's called Last Day's Best Day. So what is Mystery Babylon? Isn't that a good question for you today, yes or no? How many would raise your hand and just be honest and just say, I don't know? How many would say, I don't know? <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. So let's learn today. What is Mystery Babylon, and what are you talking about at the Fellowship Church? You're crazy people. Well, I'm just crazy. All right, here we go. Well, it's just that. Mystery Babylon, first thing we're going to learn today, it's a what? How many like mysteries, mystery shows? Do you like mystery shows? My goal today is, you know, a lot of mystery shows, I've watched them before, and shoot, when I get to the end, I still don't know what happened. Well, that might be the day it is today, but I'm hoping that I can help a little bit, you know, break the mystery just a little bit, okay? So we're going to keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle John received a revelation or an unveiling of things to come and of this mystery. It's found in the book of Revelation. So that's where we're going to be, and we'll be in the Old Testament as well today. So the Apostle John, he was banished to an island for his faith to die like a dog. And the Lord showed up. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me. And he turned to see, and it was the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that he fell down dead. He wasn't dead, but he just fell down before the Lord. And so the book of Revelation is a book that God, Jesus himself, specifically spoke and gave to the Apostle John. And inside that book is something called Mystery Babylon. Are you all with me so far? Hey, there we go. So let's read Revelation 17, a few verses. There came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come here. I will show thee, now get ready for some tough language, the judgment of the great whore. I don't like that word. I don't like to say that word. But I'm not going to make it pretty for you. This is God's word. I'm going to show you the great whore that sets upon many waters. It doesn't get any better. With whom the kings of the earth have committed what? Fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So I might not be a rocket scientist, but I know this. This ain't good. Yes or no? Are we we cool on that? 
This ain't good. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw the woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Is that good? Having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of what? Abominations. Is that good? All bad. All downhill. And filthiness of her fornication. You can't get more bad in one sentence. And upon her forehead was a name written. So in case you think I made this up, I didn't make this up. I ain't smart enough. I'm from Rockingham. Say it with me. Upon her forehead and was a name written. Say it with me. Mystery Babylon. Well, look at that. The great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman, John writing what he sees, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. It's horrible. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. That's some scripture. Yes or no, amen. They didn't teach you that one in Sunday school, did they? Y'all with me? Let's keep going. Let's don't stop there. Let's go back and let's back up a little what was said there with a couple of Old Testament prophets. Here we go. Isaiah 47. Come down, set in the dust, O daughter of Babylon. Set on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind mill. This is just bad judgment. And some pretty graphic language. The King James writers did a lot to make it where it's not too filthy. Uncover your locks, make bare your leg, uncover your thigh, pass over the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Your shame shall be seen. God speaking through the prophet. I will take vengeance. God speaking. I will not meet you as a man. Not going to be party time. Whatever this is saying, and we're going to get to it. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is His name, the Holy One of Israel. So, so far we've been reading Scripture. We found out Mystery Babylon's in the Bible. Hmm. We're seeing it was even talked about in the Old Testament. Let's look at another one. Old Testament, Jeremiah. A sound of battle is in the land and of great what? Destruction. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? How is Babylon become a desolation among the nations? Now, are you all right so far? All I've been doing is read the Bible, and you look like you're shocked. Let's learn. How about, say that with me. Let's what? Let's, let's learn. Are you all ready or not? Come on, let's learn today. Mystery Babylon, spiritual bondage and defilement. I want you to know this fact, if you don't mind. I, read it with me, if you don't mind. Out of 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, keep reading, this mystery is a major player in chapters 
14, 16, 17, and you might say, Clark, why are you telling me that? Well, you're going to find out right now. It's important that we try to personally understand this what? It's important. Why, Clark? Why is it important? Well, if it's that important to God, to put it in four chapters of a 22-chapter book of end-time events, and we're talking about end times and last days, I think we'll look at it. Amen? So it ought to be important, very important to us. So, wow, I'm wore out. How about y'all? You okay? If it's your first time, this is how I do it. I know you're thinking, he is odd. But the other side of you is going, but I like him. Here we go. Come on, hang in here with me. Somebody described me this week to a fellow that doesn't come to church. He's a relative. He, is. he said, you need to come and hear Pastor Clark. He's like a history teacher. You think that's going to get him here? That's what I told the joker. I said, that was the dumbest thing you could have said. My history teacher. He said, like a history teacher with comedy. So anyway, when you're doing stuff like this, we're going to learn some history here, but when you're doing stuff like this, I mean, I could get up here and scream and just sweat bullets and all that. But it'd be nice if we could understand what's being said today. Because it's, it's a tough, tough passage. But it's important. You're going to see why. Let's take a little break right now and talk about this for a second. What is, the, what is the church called in reference to Jesus? We are his what? Bride. We're also his what? We're the body of Christ. Is that correct? But we are called his, you got it right the first time. We are, the church is called his what? Say it louder. The church is called his bride. We are the bride of Christ. Say it one more time. The church is called his bride. We do weddings. Husbands, love your wife. Say it with me if you know it. Even as Christ loved the church, keep going, and gave himself for it, that he might present it unto himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So men ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Clark, why are you saying that in the middle? Why are we taking a commercial? Well, that should be a hint to you what this mystery is. Now, I'm preaching the message. You can maybe look at it from several angles. But since I'm the one preaching, I'm going to give you the, the perspective I see here. And that is, we are, we are Christ what? And God seems to be angry in the last days with something that he calls a harlot. He also says you've committed fornication. You've committed adultery. So without thinking too hard here, I think Mystery Babylon speaks of the church. Did y'all hear me or not? Is, there, is, there, is it reasonable to say the church that Jesus came, He gave His life for, He died for, could we reasonably say it's pretty well screwed up in the world? Yes or no? Is there a lot of garbage and crap that's being taught and said? Yes or no? Yes, is that the truth? I was listening to a popular guy the other day speak. I listened. 
could not have gotten saved. If I had come to that church, I could not have heard from him. Now, he's, he's supposed to be, man, he's like, man, he's screaming. He, uh, but, you know, but I didn't hear how to get saved. I didn't hear how to come to Christ. Don't you think the church should be about that? Yes. Are we on the same page here? Yes or not? Uh, no. Amen? Seems like the church today is about everything but the gospel and loving people and loving the Lord with all your heart. Y'all hear me? I hope you're hearing me today. So I think a lot of this has to do with the church, and that was just a commercial in between, okay? But keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. But back to Babylon. What is it, Pastor? Well, Babylon, for sure, it's a what? It's a biblical city. You can go on Wikipedia. You can put it in. Ding. You can Google it. This isn't made up. Your Bible isn't made up mess. It's the truth. Archaeological digs have discovered this and found this. Okay, a lot of it you hear in the news, this territory. You ever heard of Iraq? You ever heard of Iran? You ever heard of these places? Persia and different places? All that's in the Bible. So this is a real place. It really existed. This city dominated the world politically, economically, and militarily. So it was strong. It was big. Babylon. Babylonian roots. Stop right there. Where did Babylon come from? And some of you might know. How many think you know where Babylon came from? If you know, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Let me see. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Not that many. But I'm going to take another commercial real quick. We are so stupid that for years we believed, we believed such lies. We believe such stupid stuff as this. One day, stuff just blew up. And here we are. That's what they teach in, in, in college and in science. They teach you that in your public schools. The Big Bang. It's a lie and it's stupid. It's stupid. Here's how stupid it is. Go home today. Take a, take a sledgehammer. Beat the crap out of your car. I'm serious. Knock out your windows and mirrors. Do it all. Then get a tarp and cover it up. Check back three days later and see if it's a Tesla. We're idiots. We are idiots. The stuff we believe God said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. When you take away creation, you take away the heart of the gospel. You take away the reason Christ came. He came because we've sinned. He made us in His image and His likeness and He loves us. That's why He came, to save us, to redeem us. Did He walk in the cool of the garden with Adam, yes or no? And He wants our relationship restored with you and me. Y'all hear me? And so we just are so crazy to believe such bull. Here's another question. i got a question for you. Where would all the languages come from? I mean, don't, don't say the answer, the biblical answer. I just happened. Are you kidding me? Have you ever thought about it? That people all over the planet, different countries, different cultures, different... They're speaking all these different languages. I can't even speak English hardly. How did that happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. It all started with Babylon. Let's check the Old Testament. 
We're learning about Mystery Babylon, but before we can learn that, we found out it's a real city, it's a real place, very powerful. But we also need to go back and see where it came from. Genesis 11. And you know what God can do? God can explain the whole issue of language in nine verses. That's how God... See, God knows truth and God believes truth. You understand? He's not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. And so he tells you how it happened. Well, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Well, that sounds like, like that's right. Yes or no, right? Make, make a man and there's the man. He's talking and it's one language. I get that. But where did all the other ones come from? It came to pass as they journeyed from the east. There they go. They found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick. Let's burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And here's the other thing we need to realize. People were smart before we got here. Got it? There were people building cultures and buildings and aqueducts and water and all kinds of stuff. They were doing all kinds of things back in the day. They were bright people. They were creating the image and likeness of God, even though they had fallen. And so here they are. They're builders. And they said, go to let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us, say it with me, make a what? Come on, let us make a what? Hmm. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. Because God's God. He sees everything which the children of men were building. And the Lord said, Behold, the people are one. And they have how many languages? One. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Doesn't that sound just like us? You leave us to ourselves and we will just make a mess. Look at verse 7. Go to, say that next part with me, let us go down. Now, if you know your Bible, what does that sound vaguely familiar to in the book of Genesis? Let us make man in our image and our likeness. So, I believe this is speaking of the Trinity, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Go to, let us go down and sit with me and there do what? Confound the that they may not understand one another's speech. If you want to wreck a building project, have everybody that was on the same page can't understand each other no more. And so that's where different languages came from. You might say, Clark, do you believe that? I absolutely believe that. What do you believe? You blew up? When are you going to trust God's Word? Yes or no? You believe God had a son? He, he, he was born of a virgin? When are you going to believe that God's not a liar? Yes or no? Y'all hear me or not? I'm not trying to start a fight, but why don't we believe God's Word? Amen? Sounds a whole lot more sane than other stuff I hear people pushing. So I'm going to trust the Lord. Does the Bible say trust the Lord? With all your what? And don't lean on your own what? In all your ways do what? And He'll direct your path. And we do the exact opposite. 
So this is where languages came from. Now here's the kicker. Here we go. Say it with me, verse 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Babylon. Did y'all hear that or not? You didn't know that's where that came from. You ever call somebody a babbling fool? Most of the things we say and a lot of the things we say today, much of their root came from the Bible. We just don't know the Bible. And we don't know the Lord. So, you might say you took a lot of time here. Yeah, but I think that's a pretty important question to answer. Where'd languages come from? Whether you like the answer or not, that's where they came from. Y'all hear me or not? All righty. Keep going, Raj. I know their last verse. We saw that, okay? So let's just do a quick review. After the flood, men sought to build a tower that reached to heaven. Boom. Man's going to make a what? So Mystery Babylon has something to do with that. Man's going to make a name for him. Man's going to get him some what? It has something to do with that. God put an end to this humanistic view of religion. It has something to do with that. God simply scrambled the language and the building was what? It was stopped. Okay? So that's Babylon's roots. Did y'all get that so far this morning? Are we okay? Okay. Don't give up on me yet. Hang in here. So Babylon was not finished, though. Babylon's effect on the Jewish people. And we've got people in this room that are far more scholarly at this than I am. I'm trying to give a practical message today, okay? But Babylon's been around a while, and it's really affected the the lives of the Jewish people, God's chosen people. Babylon destroyed the temple in Jerusalem in 586 B.C., about 500-plus years before Christ. Y'all get that or not? This is part of history. You can go to Wikipedia. You can check it out. It's a fact. It's not some just wild-eyed thing in the Bible. They carried away the children of Israel into captivity and into slavery. You can see that. But this was, this was a, it really affected the Jewish people in a, in a huge way. And so, keep going, buddy. Push me. Help me. I'm lost. Do what? I'm fine, buddy. If you just let me go, okay? So Babylon's effect on the Jewish people, okay? They're, so they, in five, about 500 or so B.C., they were taken into captivity. I'm trying not to get too much in the weeds here. And that captivity lasted for how many years? But... Even though the temple was rebuilt in Jerusalem, most of the people, they were scattered abroad. And many people believe that scattering continued for how many years? About 2,500 years. Until when? Until when? Until 1948 when Israel did what? Became a nation again. So Babylon's effect has really affected the Jewish people. Okay? And so I just say that because it's important. It's very important to end time events. We talked about Israel becoming a nation last year, uh, last week. And I believe that Jesus said the generation that sees the budding of the fig tree, if that is a correct interpretation of what we gave last week, that that generation shall not pass before we see these last time events come to fulfillment. Is that what we said last week? Here's something interesting about the Jews coming back into the land. About 700,000 Jews came back to the land of Israel. And you might think that's not that big a deal. We've seen with uh, Ukraine, how many million people have been made refugees now in Ukraine? Take a wild guess. 
3.3 million or so, right? But here's the difference. They're taken from their land. They're being pushed out of their land. When Israel became a nation, they weren't pushed out of their land. They came back to their land. It's the only time in history anything like that's ever happened. Where a people, a race of certain people, destroyed 2,500 years earlier, 2,500 years came back into their land. And guess when that happened? In whose lifetime? Are these the last days? I'm just trying to make the case, guys. I think you should live like they are. Y'all hear me? If I bored you to tears? So this is an incredible thing. So that's a little bit of history on, back, on the background of Babylon. But this is really where I wanted to go with it. For Christians, Babylon is far, far more than a city, I believe. It's far more uh, or a place of Jewish exile. I believe it has something more to do with what I want to talk about that today. And that is, what is Mystery Babylon? I believe, say this with me out loud. You need to know this. Sit with me. Mystery Babylon, sit with me. It is code word for spiritual bondage and what? Boy, y'all are sleeping on me. Help me, please. I worked hard. Come on. What is Mystery Babylon today? How should it concern me as a believer in Christ, as a person in the church? Because the church of Jesus Christ, he calls it his what? And he's calling whatever this is, Mystery Babylon, a harlot. A fornicator, an adulterer, uses the language a whore. I hate that. Uses that language. That's not something you'd say that's too nice about your wife, would you? How many wants to marry a woman who'll do that to you? Yes or no? That'll step out on you and hurt you and cheat on you. Nobody got married for that, did they? How many wives want a husband like that? Well, you know, God didn't want a church like that either. Did y'all hear me or not? And I believe that's what this is talking about. I believe Mystery Babylon, a lot of it has to do with the church. We're in spiritual bondage and we have been defiled. And that is a sign of end times. Are we there? Somebody answer the question. As much as the church at names the name of Jesus Christ, is it, is it defiled today, yes or no? So I think it's a sign of our times. I think that's where we're at. So what does that mean? Can we learn? Can we learn something? So for sure, Mystery Babylon's about religious harlotry and abomination to God. There's no way you can read the book of Revelation and not know this. Look at it. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon. Say it with me. The great, the mother of what? And the abomination of the earth. There's no way you can look at whatever this is and not come away with it. It has to do with that. Okay? So... What are six symptoms of Mystery Babylon? And we're going to be done. Hang in here with me. I'm tired too. I believe Mystery Babylon speaks of the church. And it's hard for me to say that because we are a what? We're a church. I try real hard for you not to worship me around here. Did you hear me? We try real hard not to give people positions of power here in this church. Did y'all hear me or not? We don't have your typical board and deacons and this. We just don't have it here. If you don't like that, fine. Have it your way. But we try to keep the... Just everything is just... We're just regular people. We're not above you. Say that with me. We're not what? Not above you. We try not to make our church about money. That's the God honest truth. 
I try to give God all the what? Credit. Does that mean I'm a great person? No! I don't want to be that! I don't want Him to look at us and say, you're, you're an adultering church, you're a harlot, you're a whore. God help me, I don't want to give my life for that. Does that make sense? I know that's hard language on some of y'all today, and I normally don't do that. Well, maybe sometimes. But anyway, can we do better? Yes. Wonder why we say we love who? Because we're His bride. Why do we say we love people? Because He loved people. Are you getting the gist of what we do, what we do around here now? Don't make me out to be some great guy. I'm not. I'm prone to screw it up. So here's six symptoms of, Bab- of Mystery Babylon today in the church. Are you ready? Here they go. And they're going to go quick. We're going to pick up the message next week. So we're not going to be much longer. Number one, pride. Pride. God hates that. He hates that in His church. Look at the language. Back in Genesis, they said, let us build a city, a tower, whose top may reach to heaven, and let us make a what? A name for ourselves. Did you know the church has no place to make a name for itself? Any pushing I do at Fellowship Church in our town is to try to get people to somehow come here, somehow you and I can reach them for Christ. Okay? That's why we do that. Not try, yeah, praise the Lord, not trying to make a name for us. Okay? There are a lot of churches bigger and better and whatever than us. Have at it. This is what we try to do here. Okay? If I believe in something, I'm going to get behind it. And I believe in what we're doing. But I don't want to make a name for myself. That's why I keep saying, I'm from Rockingham. I'm the son of a drunk woman. She had an 11th grade education. My father had a 7th grade education. Why are you where you are today, Clark, in life? Because of Jesus Christ. He saved me. He picked me up. He set my feet on a rock. And He loves me. He gets all the credit for any good in my life. Y'all hear me? Pride has no place. Call together the archers against two. Old Testament prophecy. All ye that bend the bow, camp against it round about. Let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work. According to all that she has done. Say it with me. Do unto her, for she has been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. So I believe that's a symptom of the last day's church. Pride. You think it's in the church today? Pride. That's a sign of end times events when the church gets full of this garbage. Behold, I'm against you, God speaking. O thou most what? Says the Lord God of hosts, for thy day is come, the time that I will visit you. And that's an end time thing we're seeing before our very eyes. The church is a fulfilling of end time prophecy. There were seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation. Five of them he condemned in some shape or form. Only two of them he commended. Which ones? Smyrna, Smyrna, Myrrh means crushing the persecuted church. And number two, Philadelphia, the church that loved people. We could get a clue right there. How about we live for Christ? 
How about at times you're going to struggle for Christ? That's okay. How about you love people? Amen? Pride has no place in our church. Did you hear me or not? Say. How many came from a church and it was about getting a position or on some kind of committee or something? Just Would you be honest with me? That's not how it is here. How many clean on Wednesday? Do we have any cleaners on Wednesday in the building? Can I see your hands if you come out on Wednesday? Anybody else? Look at y'all. They actually come here, clean the carpets, clean the toilets. There are people in this church. You have no idea their background, how much money they got in their bank. They might have more than you got. But they do it because they want to serve the Lord here with me. We're not about pride here. How much has she glorified herself? Mystery Babylon, and lived what? I'm not trying to be unkind, but if you want to spend some time on Google, Google America's top pastors and see how much they make. Not trying to condemn, I'm just saying, I just don't. It's funny how we get to do that, but Jesus didn't have a place to lay his what? Is that true? So much torment and sorrow I'll give her, for she says at her heart, I said a queen. Boy, say that with me. I said a what? If we ever look at our church like, ooh, there sets the queen. But a lot of people look at the church like that. A lot of people worship the church. How do you think that makes God feel? Yes or no? (laughs) I'm no widow and I'll see no sorrow, but yes, you will. So pride's number one. Look at how Jesus, they look at Jesus, but Jesus who, he made himself of no what? He took upon him the form of a what? And he was made in the likeness of us. How did we get so far removed in our churches today? Are y'all hearing me or not? Am I wearing you out? Much of the church today is about selfishness and making a name for ourselves. That's not what we want to do here. And when I do that, I'm wrong. Got it? That's not right. Honest to goodness, that's why I dress like I dress. I don't want to put on something up here around my neck. Whatever. I don't know what it means. All I know is I want to be you and you, me, and us do it together. And that's what I try to do. And I still screw it up. Number two, we're not going to do all six. Number two, they're faster. Say that with me. Number two, a symptom of the last day's church. Mystery Babylon, in my opinion. Idolatry. A drought's upon her waters. They shall be dried up, for it's the land of graven images. Speaking of Babylon. And they are mad about their idols. Sounds how some people are about their preachers today. You kidding me? I have people that actually walk out on me because you care more about your political party than you do the Word of God. You're pathetic if you're watching me. It's horrible. Am I right or what? We're mad about... We will break fellowship with other people because of our political party here in this country. We're pathetic. What a love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Love our neighbors ourselves. Last day's church, mystery Babylon, worshiping customs, preferences, and people. We probably don't have people come here because we don't have a bingo. But man, we got a lot of stuff. I tell you that, amen? 
And I'm all for having stuff and doing, but we want Jesus to be the center of all the stuff. Much of the church today is not immune to idol worship. And Roger just threw up some pictures for us. We're guilty of worshiping. But guess what, though? Guess what? Maybe your idol ain't up there. We could have pictures all on this thing to people that we, 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 we admire them way too much. Y'all hear me or not? Is that true? As much time you spend reading about certain people or spend, wonder how God feels if He's your husband. That's a tough message today, isn't it? Many have said, I love this series, Pastor, on last days. You might not say it after this one. How do we get out of it? You know, the church said, how do we get by with all the stuff we do? We're not going to get judged. We're, we are going to get judged. Third symptom, and we quit, Raj. Say that word with me. Do you think that the, the church, the modern church today, is a little consumed with money, yes or no? Certain pastors have gone way over the line. They tell you if you give them money, you'll get your miracle. How many have ever heard that? They say, sow your seed. You might have been taught that. How about be humble and love the Lord and quit playing games with the offering? That's just tough today, isn't it? Back to Babylon. O thou that dwell upon many waters, abundant in treasures, your end is come. And the measure of your covetousness. God's not going to stand for this. It's a sign of end times. The church. Mystery Babylon's mentioned in Revelation 18. Look at it, verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is your judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, fine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of vessels of precious wood and of brass and iron and marble. Boy, that's pretty detailed. And cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beast and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. What does all that mean? Well, I think it has to do with covetousness in the last days inside the church. Most of those things that I just mentioned on that list, say it with me. They used to be used in what? How would you feel as God Almighty if He created all these wonderful things and He said, use those to honor me and to praise me and sacrifice to me? And we turned them around and we used them for ourselves. And we used them in a way to take advantage of people. Do we as believers use money and do that to people, yes or no? Absolutely we do. And God is saying, judgment's coming. Here's what's the sad part. We use things that were used for sacrifice and we use them on this planet down here to buy who? And it has infected the church. I'm sorry, y'all. So I'm, you're much downer than, than the first audience. <laughs> maybe I'm just maybe a war out or something. But the bottom line is the church is infested with people. 
that want to have power and in control by giving money. Have you ever walked around here and seen a name of a plaque on anybody's name that they gave around this church? Have you ever seen that? Yes or no? As long as I'm here, you're not going to see it. God gets all the credit here. If you want to give something, give it. But if you can't give it cheerfully, then I want you to do what with it? Keep it. I don't want you to do something nasty with it. I mean, keep it. (laughs) Amen? Why, Clark? Why are you the way you are? Maybe you have a better understanding why I am the way I am today. Y'all hear me? And I'm not trying to put you down. Guys, This I'm trying to use this as like to coach us up today, really. Is that making sense? Through covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Has the church done that today with people? Have we made merchandise of people? Yes or no? You know what God calls that? Harlotry. Fornication. He didn't want us doing that. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation doesn't slumber. Judgment is coming. Much of the church today is about what? My words, and it's sickening. I don't mean to be ugly to you guys. I'm ready to quit anyway. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. But you're not going to buy me. And you don't own me and Kim. And I don't own you. We serve the Lord together. He owns me. Seth, if you know what, if you know the scripture, say it with me. You are bought with a, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Yes or no? So you don't belong to Gary. I don't belong to you. Don't belong to Gary. I don't belong to you. We belong to him. Amen. So let's keep it straight. Let's not let our church be this. Does that sound okay? Let's thank the Lord for the word. I'm done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Tough word. (laughs) Amen. Tough word. I had the pastor looking at me the whole time because I know you know these passages a lot better than I do. But that's my take on it, pastor. I tried. Did we learn anything about Mystery Babylon today? Is it a good thing? Do we want to be it? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. I appreciate you this morning. Y'all did really good. I kept you long. I know. I'll do better. I'll do better. Am I lying? I'm lying. Good crowd. I appreciate you coming. You may never come again, but thank you. Oh, wow. Let's pray together. Can you just be still unless you got to go to work? Oh, boy. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. And, Lord, that was hard on me today. That was hard on me. This one was hard. The first one wasn't so hard, Lord. But this was hard. And I don't know if it's I'm tired or what. But, Lord, I pray that I did a good job for you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me in my own sin, my own life. And I pray that for these folk here with me. Help us not forget our first love, you. Help us not to make our building, our grounds. Lord, we want to keep it nice. We want a good reflection of you. That's my heart. 
We don't want to do it for the wrong reason. So, Lord, burn this message into my heart. I think it was hard, Lord, because I just it hit me pretty much in front of, my, front of them on the stage up here today, Lord. It hit me. You hit me today. I can see my own sin better than anybody else's. So forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Help me be a better pastor, a better friend, a better person in my town. Forgive me, Lord, when I get in my spirit at all like I'm better than somebody or haughty or anything like that as I talk to people at McDonald's or on the ball field or wherever I am. Lord, please help me. I don't want to be a disgrace to you. And just help us with this message today. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed, one last moment. Guys, just think about it. When you say or I say, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, and he gave his life on the cross for you and me, you know how that makes him feel? It makes him want to spit us out of his mouth, and that's what he said. If, you're, if, you're, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I mean, you may have been putting in a church or even a preacher or yourself or your accomplishments. Can you, can you get right today? And let's, let's get this thing settled today. Here's what the Bible says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says there's one name given among men whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. Would you humble yourself and come through the door today? He said, I am the door by me if any man enter in. He shall go in and out and find pasture. Would you come through Christ today? Would you put your faith in Christ today? Can I lead you in a prayer right where you stand? Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And Lord, I want you to know I'm not putting my confidence in me or a church, or anything. I'm turning totally from that, and I'm turning to you, the cross. I'm turning to your death on the cross and your resurrection. I'm turning to you, and I'm putting my faith in you today, Jesus. I'm not putting my faith in Pastor Gary or a church or anything like that. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put my faith in myself anymore like that. I want to work hard, but, Lord, you are God, and I'm not. And I'm going to do like John did on the Isle of Patmos. I'm going to fall down dead up like at your feet. I'm going to fall down flat. That's what I'm doing. Save me today, Lord. A wretch, a sinner. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed, how many would raise a hand and say, Pastor Gary, I said that prayer today, and I really meant that today. Can I see your hand? I did that today, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed, Pastor. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us as we take this and eat it up a little bit. And uh, we just appreciate you loving us, putting up with us. I especially thank you for putting up with me, Lord. I'd have thrown me out many times. Thank you that you save us and you put us in your hand. And you said nobody can pluck you from my hand. We fall at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, guys. Have an awesome day. Amen. I am shot. Appreciate you. Appreciate you listening today. Maybe a little more than you bargained.